You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. And joining with us this morning is Lissoff from the Community Action Network, otherwise known as CAN. I think we'll try and say the full thing on occasions <laughs> because not everybody has heard about it. Uh, but they may have heard you on Hope FM before because you're a regular person attending the, the show. Uh, so, Can, what's it all about? When did it actually start for people that don't know? Well, CAN has been around for a couple of years, but it was around previously before that as the Bournemouth and Poole um, voluntary sec- sector. Um, so I started with CAN just over a year and a half ago. And um, we are a charity for charities. That's how I describe it. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but we work with 500 just under 500 organisations across the Bournemouth Pool, Christchurch area and now in Dorset as well. That's a big network. Yes, it is a big <laughs> network, yeah. Your database must be very busy. It is very busy. <laughs> so if you've been working for a couple of years, what sort of projects have you been involved with? All sorts of things. So I started working on the volunteer hub, so working with organisations to find them volunteers, but also working with people who are wanting to volunteer to find them the correct roles for them to really find something that's which you know it gives them interest and and gives them something um and then i started working on the vaccine um hesitancy project with the nhs um and i've also done a project called steps forward which is helping people who maybe need a bit of additional support when volunteering so all sorts of things yeah well i came across them the first time visually Mm -hmm. at the bournemouth international center yes uh when uh they were all regaled in these wonderful bibs uh, and trying to help people to get shots in their arm. Mm. Uh, lots of them there. Yes, uh, yeah. I should think that would have been a pretty major effort. Yes, that was. We had probably 2,000 people come forward to register to be um, COVID marshals. So, like you say, we started off at the BIC um, and now we've moved over to the Kings Park Hospital in Boscombe. So is that project still going? It's still going, yes. So, yeah. yeah, on a smaller scale, but it's still going. Yes, the big one was the biggest thing I think I've yeah. ever seen doing that. Yeah, really yeah. good. Okay, and and did it go well? It did. It was a really, really successful time. You know, we have had so many positive stories come from it and so many friendships formed um, from the people that volunteered there. And yes, it did go well. Like The thousands of people that came through to have their vaccinations and the volunteers were fantastic at making people feel welcome, um, calm and just, you know, make the the experience a bit more pleasant for them. Uh, You might be needed again. The figures are going up, aren't they, they, for COVID? Yeah. Uh, So there'll be some boosters somewhere along the line. Yeah. Uh, But whether it'll be a full scale that we saw before, uh, no one can tell. But Mm. interesting. So what projects are you working on at the moment? So I'm working on something called uh, Volunteer Hub pop-ups so I'm going to be visiting locations around Bournemouth Pool Christchurch to speak to people about volunteering Um, so I'll be at the first one is going to be at Boscombe Library on the 9th of August between 10 and 12 and people can just come in and have a chat with me about volunteering and I can show them what we have um, in the local area and talk them through it 
So that's my that's my next project. So what sort of people do you get as volunteers? Is there a specific age group, a specific gender, or is it just very varied? It's really quite varied. I suppose because of um, COVID, we've had a lot of people that have been made redundant. So perhaps they're looking f- to increase their skill set or just do something different um, or they've got spare time. So I have, I think I've seen a real mix of people um, come across and it's really lovely that we can help them find something which then gives them a purpose but also helps them maybe on the the next step to finding another job um you know so that's always makes me feel good about what we're doing any funny stories from volunteers um so so many things that have come up that we um that we've done as a as a team i suppose uh, along with the vaccine things you you and uh, you know accidentally send people the wrong way um to the wrong to the wrong pods and things like that but um yeah it's it's just a really really lovely experience and we're all like a big family when we work together so if you if you got your crystal ball and was able to look five years ahead what would be the things that really would be important for you if you looked ahead i would really like to see especially in schools um uh, a way that children can volunteer and help their community as part of their school curriculum because i think it's really important to be able to give something back to the local community but also for those children to gain skills that they potentially wouldn't necessarily do on a day-to-day basis so i i would really really like to see that happening yeah because they do work experience but it's Mm. very limited we have people here at hope fm Mm. but it would be great to see more children and of different age groups getting involved uh, with the community of course that means supervision Mm. so how many staff have you got to play with all this well we've got um can has grown really from when i started probably had about 10 to over 20 members of staff now um but we we're looking to do um can community volunteers and and that's something that we would like to roll out so we can buddy people up together um who maybe like we say need a bit more help when it comes to volunteering so we don't want to stop anyone or put any barriers in any way for people that are wanting to do something so you know by having a buddy they can have somebody to come along with them support them and help them during that volunteer experience so i'm hoping that big things will happen in the next few years in the next few years yeah you're going to be championing lots of things i will yeah this is hope fm every every time it catches you out doesn't it because you think freddie's going to say of the world again at the end and and he doesn't yeah he doesn't it's still one of the best hymns almost (laughs) yeah from queen queen we are the champions as chosen by liz from community action network today during that song having an impromptu chat about who's seen we will we will rock you and who hasn't i think it's um you've seen it ian 20 times five times (laughs) don't exaggerate uh liz liz you saw it locally when it was at the pavilion and also tom i know we haven't introduced you yet and we haven't said what charity you're representing because that's a spoiler of course but have you seen we will rock you i haven't seen it. you haven't seen it so two against two all right okay but you highly recommend it yeah uh, watch this 
Smith, I okay, definitely yes. highly recommend it. My daughter doesn't like Queen, uh, but she thought the show was phenomenal. So it's definitely worth seeing if it comes around again. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, so thank you for choosing that. We all, like the, we all like the song. And lastly, we're going to talk about the fact that just round the corner, you'd be going to run some things for volunteers. Yep, yep. We've got three volunteer fairs running in September. Um, one at... Um, the Druid Hall in Christchurch, which will be on the 7th of September in the afternoon, 2 till 5. We've also got Bournemouth Library on the 9th of September from 10 till 1 and the Spire in Paul on the 15th of September, 10 till 1. So we will have, I think we've got booked in over 90 cha- uh, ninety charities that will be across the, the three stages and um we will be they'll be there to talk to anybody about the volunteering roles that they have and yeah come and come in and have a chat with us so people just turn up go through the doors see all these desks and things that they can go to and pick one or two that they want yeah, to inquire yeah. of it's really good way of um sort of chatting with the organizations about the roles that they have and and sort of you know people can talk about what availability they have what skills they have and what you know what time they have to commit so it could be just once a week they do something or an ad hoc there are volunteer roles for everybody i think it was uh, one of the former leaders of the conservative party who said that if they pull volunteers out of this country the country would collapse Mm. Uh, so it was a very wise comment despite the fact it might have come from somebody (laughs) that not everybody thought was that popular Uh, but there you go so how many charities did you say you work with altogether? oh just under 500 at the moment right yeah so we've got one special one today that's winning a sort of award as your charity of the month so you get the chance to announce that yes so the uh, community hero in the spotlight for this month is the wave project and now it's the opportunity to uh, congratulate tom donaldson brown from the wave project who's the uh, action hero uh, this month for july and is representing the wave project so first obvious question is what's the wave project The WAVE project is a charity that utilises volunteers to take vulnerable young people surfing as therapy. And these young people are between 8 and 18 years old. So how long has that been going? In Dorset, we've been going since uh, late 2012, 2013. Oh, that's Um, a long time. I didn't realise that. And this is why it's such a a privilege and such a good thing that we're being recognised this month. Um, And I want to pass on my thanks to Liz because it's going to increase our profile, you know, local um, services, um, you know, the local community perhaps don't know about us as much as they could. And, um, And it started in Cornwall in 2010. So how many children do you work with? Um, well, last year we uh, received referrals from over 100 uh, children, uh, for 100 children. And the way um, that the charity works is we offer two services. The children are first referred into our surf therapy course and they um, undertake a six-week course, two-hour sessions each week of surfing. They're paired up in a one-to-one capacity with a volunteer with about 10, 11 other children. So you'll see about 22, 24 people on a session, six weeks of that. And then they can come back on Wednesdays, or at least it's Wednesdays, at the moment for their surf club um, and so we, we see this uh, growing core of uh, young surfers still coming back so in terms of how many we work with like on a continual basis oh, upwards of 40 50 at least and then you're always having some come in as well so how many staff do you need to be able to run that well i'm the um, sole paid staff member 
endorse it, but then the volunteer number, um, managing a team of over 100 volunteers, and we're always having volunteers apply and, and come into the community as well. So how people get referred in the first place? How do the children get referred? So um, they cannot self-refer. You, you can't have family self-referring or the individual, but it's services like CAMS, um, social services, um, schools as well, perhaps GPs, and um, the, the individual or the entity has to know about it. So they reach out to us, they sign a, uh, an agreement, and then from that point in, they can begin referring. So what sort of responses do you get from the children? Well, the best one um, I was reading through last night was, um, how safe did you feel at the WAVE project on a scale of one to three? He ticked four, made up his own <laughs> box. He felt too safe, apparently. So we're very um, rigorous with data and evaluation. Uh, the young person takes a pre-course questionnaire. There is a post-course questionnaire. That's where I was reading that. The growth is extraordinary. You know, it is um, in six weeks, you see their resilience, their self-confidence, their happiness just explode. And um, it's you never fail to be astounded by that. Yeah, it sounds absolutely great. So where does the actual action take place? In Dorset, we're just located at Boscombe at the moment. So yep. we are on the east side of the pier, um, and I want to give a big shout-out to Sorted Surf Store as well, who provide all the equipment, um, wetsuits, surfboards, um, and the coaches as well. It's just um, there at Boscombe at the moment. There was a big relationship between Boscombe and surfing that didn't quite work out. Tell us about that. I've heard lots of different takes on this. My understanding was that as part of a wider beachfront development, one of the, um, I suppose, sweeteners or, or kind of, yeah, one of the parts of the project was this artificial reef. As I say, this is my understanding, but I think the reef cost about £250,000 or something like that offshore, um, and there was an impression it would just create perfect waves all the time. Um, and that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people would be disappointed. It looked like a big highlight for the area at, uh, at one time. So you, uh, a child gets referred, comes along, and you, you mentioned the sort of courses. What would happen on a practical basis for them? In terms of uh, when they turn up, what yeah. does a session look yeah, like? Yeah, that's right. Um, so the young person turns up. Um, we introduce them to their volunteer or mentor for the day. Um, for the session and ideally you're seeing uh, that young person with the one mentor over a long period of time that rapport that develops is, is just a wonderful thing um, uh, you know trust trust in adults sadly a lot of these children might be coming from environments where trust in adults is lacking um, and so it helps foster that so they'll turn up be introduced to their volunteer and then uh, the coach the surf coach runs the show after that they'll be taken on the beach um, everyone might socialize for a bit at the water's edge or, or in the water throwing a ball around um, we'll do some stretching get ready to you know be pretty dynamic surfing's a dynamic thing um, and then you're out in the water for the next uh, you know at that stage about hour and a half um, but the beauty of this project is is that it's totally up to the kids what they do in that session. If they don't want to surf, they can hang out on the beach. If they don't even want to hang with that volunteer, you know, the volunteer will always be proximate to them, but, um, you know, they can just do, do as they like for that two hours. This is Hope FM. So you've been telling us about the project. So how did you get involved in an interest in surfing yourself? Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I, I was very, very lucky. I grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney, so I was doomed. I was always going to surf. Um, and so I did that up until, uh, that is, I was living in Sydney up until my late 20s. Um, my background is a high school geography teacher. And I moved over um, to England uh, December 2019, just 
before everything kicked off. And so with uh, you know classes turning to remote learning, hiring freezes, um, I was looking for a permanent role. And the Wave Project appeared in my job alerts. And I was surprised, given the kind of hotbed of surfing that Australia is, I had never heard of it as a form of therapy. Um, and, I mean, there we go. It was this marriage of, like, this passion in my life surfing and, and working with kids um, and I uh, began in that role I began in this role in February last year So you mentioned there the new scientists obviously uh, very up on, on medical things as well and that talks about the good effects of surfing and surf therapy so unpack that Yeah so um, as it happened last night I was um, walking through the supermarket and saw that the front cover of New Scientist um, this month is about blue therapy or um, the benefits to well-being that um, water or open water can provide. Um, I wasn't going to read the whole article lest I get kicked out for not buying it, but um, (laughs) the evidence base is extraordinary for what being in the water and certainly being active in the water can do for you. Um, If we've got the time, I'd chew your ear off. It's the teacher in me coming out, but the one well one thing that really stands out to me is that when you're in an urban environment this is part of the evidence base because your senses are being absolutely bombarded you're in a state of what's called hard fascination so whether it's the sound of traffic whether it's construction whether it's the hard edges of buildings advertisements um, you know your ears your eyes your nose you're you're getting smashed by it and so you're in a state of high alert and that um, is mentally exhausting if you're out in nature um as it were um or away from an urban environment like the ocean it's a beautiful environment or let's say it is a, a beautiful environment um you don't have as much clamoring um for your attention and so it produces a feeling of what's called soft fascination and so it's relaxing and we've all felt this um and particularly interestingly is if that dyna- if that environment's a little bit dynamic say moving waves it, it it, it piques your fascination even just a little bit more. So, um, And then when you immerse yourself in that environment, if you feel connected to that environment, how more connected could you be than riding a wave? Um, again, the well-being just shoots up. Sounds perfect, doesn't it? And it's lucky that we live down in this environment anyway for the whole year. Now, Liz, you mentioned your daughter's involved with the Wave Project. Yeah, she was um, referred by her school. Um, so she went a number of years ago, but she absolutely loved it. And, and Tom's right, you can see when she got into the water, she just relaxed. Um, and it was, a, it was a therapy for her. So it is a fantastic, fantastic project. And I'm, you know, really proud to be a part of that and, and now obviously work with Tom and the Wave Project. But yeah, it is, it's phenomenal for children. And so the, the children do the course. What happens after the course? That's right. So at the end of it, we, um, we highlight this um, other service called Surf Club to them and their parents or carers and what they can do is uh, sign up to it and they get the same experience again they'll be paired um, with a volunteer and about nine or ten other young people who are also returning from other courses these might have been young people who completed courses you know a couple of years ago or they might have just finished one as well and once a week they can sign on to one of these sessions 
And I should note here that when you get referred for the initial course, it is absolutely free to the family. Um, you know, this is all subsidised by charitable grants and donations and the like. And when you come back to Surf Club and, and you have that same session, two hours of surfing, you're paired with a volunteer and, you, you know, it's wonderful to see these flourishing friendships as well amongst the kids themselves. Um, that's just a tenner for the parents to pay for that session. And they can come to that, um, you know, um, ad infinitum. What I really like about this, and myself and Ian spoke to someone recently about uh, uh, nature walks, and I like stuff that is, is preemptive as well. It's not always that you have to be in the middle of a, a crisis to be referred uh, to a service as well. It could be something that will just simply teach you to maybe avoid going into crisis or giving you something to to lean on in times when you feel like you might be heading towards a crisis so that connection um with nature teaching kids who might not if they're growing up in an urban environment they might not have that connection at the beginning one thing i want to know because you're going to have lots of kids coming through and based on that how many kids are coming that have maybe never stepped foot in the ocean before i mean that sounds strange to us living in Bournemouth, but there i've spoken to people who've lived in Bournemouth for years never even been on the beach yeah it's extraordinary um um learning how few might have like attempted surfing or something like that um and like in the referrals we've seen we've only had a handful of non-swimmers but they can still participate you know as i said um earlier it's it's totally at the child's own pace um i suppose the most um what sorry i'll backtrack just quickly with that one but yeah you'll certainly see even if they uh, are slightly competent swimmers mm. that the beach might not be their environment i can't tell you how many times for example um and this is just lovely where a parent says at the start i just thought no way they will come for one session and not come back it's not their thing and after six weeks you know they start to surf come going i can't believe it but this is now their space so exactly to your point you know they they might rarely be at the beach um but then absolutely love it um I will also highlight that um, we are now offering, um, where it's available, um, this service in wave pools. So Bristol is one of our locations. Mm. Um, so they're taking urban kids, kids who or many of them certainly won't have been to the beach before, and giving them this gift of surfing um, in, in a wave pool in Bristol. In an artificial thing. And I think there's a plan to build um, something similar. Yeah, we were talking off air before. There are developments, I think maybe, uh, someone said near Hearn Airport, uh, maybe, but I'm not sure what the development uh, stage of that is right now but artificial um surfing reef actually works um this time um that would be really good to see and you also said other places as well even in london that's right um my understanding is that there are proposals um underway for wave pools in london in manchester in birmingham and so again just seeing the impact that this form of therapy um can provide um to offer that to urban kids so it's not exclusive so it's not exclusive to coastal communities would just be wonderful um so those proposals underway and i really really hope that the brock's pine um proposal for Mm. dorset takes off because as i said like um uh, yeah, the benefits are enormous. We don't get that much surf in Bournemouth, but we're flexible. You know, the young people might be out on stand-up paddleboards or bodyboards as well. But to have waves on tap um, so they could surf regularly and see those skills develop, that promotes so much self-confidence in these young people. Yeah, to be honest, if, if I was learning to surf, the last thing I'd want to see coming towards me was a wave anyway. I just thought <laughs> like, <"That's laughs> <flat sea." laughs> okay, so, 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 i Have you never seen that series that used to be, probably you're a bit young, called Hawaii 5 Sure. Used 
to be that on, on American TV where it starts with the, the surfing sound and the waves coming over the top. It looks really good. Never managed to do it, but uh, it really looks... Hey, if, if dogs can surf, as was seen uh, down at um, Alan Shine um, this weekend at the Dog Surfing Championships, uh, maybe one day I can uh, pick it up as well. Maybe even my dogs, but don't fancy that. So help us out with... If people want to know more about the project, give us the clues as to where they can pick that up. Head to our website, waveproject.co.uk, um, and if you think that this is something that would benefit your child please get in contact with um, a, a group like CAMS or, or your young person's school, um, you know, perhaps social services. Unfortunately, you can't self-refer. It has to come from one of those groups, but they can easily sign up to become a partner. Head to our website, become a referrer. That's where they want to go. And of course, we're always on the lookout for volunteers. So head to the, um, again, the website and look at becoming a volunteer. Throw your details in there and we'll be in contact. And of course, thanks to uh, Liz for coming in today. And if people want to volunteer, maybe go along to the volunteer fairs that you're doing. What's the contact that they need? Yep. So everything is on our website. So it's can100.org. And then there's a section called Volunteer Hub. And at the bottom, there's come and talk to us about volunteering. It's got all the dates and times and contact details for that there. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Liz, for coming in today. And you wanted to do a big shout-out, didn't you? That's it. I couldn't have done this without the volunteer team down there. Absolute bunch of legends. Thank you for making our children, the young people that come to us, just feel so cared for and creating the experiences you do for them. And myself as well, you know, an expat Aussie coming over, not really knowing anyone in town. You've made me feel so welcome as well. So thank you, guys. You're the best. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. This is Hope FM.